Welcome to the Mojo Market Report. Here's your hosts, Dave Sturgio and Chris Gucci. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mojo Market Report right here on a football Thursday. It is Dave Sturgio. It is Chris Gucci. It is A5 Anthony behind the glass here from Chop Studios. Week 10 is here. Believe it or not, unbelievable how this, uh, I said believe it or not, unbelievable. It still is. It is unbelievable how fast uh, this NFL season is moving. It's almost depressing. But guess what, folks? We're in the middle of the NBA. We're in the MLB free agency is about to hit. So there's a lot of other sports on the uh, horizon of one mojo. So we're excited about that. Not excited about the Knicks getting sparked last night by the Nets. But I digress with that because there's a football show right now and uh, lots to go over. Obviously, we have Thursday Night Football. We'll get into that in a little bit. But We've been talking about the quarterbacks all week, whether whether it be the superstars or the mid-card guys or just guys that we just have our eye on, right? I finally started the the feature on the Mojo app with the watch list. Have you done that? I've actually started to entertain that. Uh, but it is contract year, okay? Um, and, and this is not for everybody, obviously, but some of the guys on my watch list now are on their contract year. And, and that's a big thing in Mojo because one of the first things I noticed when Mojo started going – was the movement of Russell Wilson when he got his big deal when he was traded to Denver. We saw the spike, right? So that's possible within the market. So if you're invested in some of these guys we're about to talk about today, there's a possibility that A, they fall off the face of the earth and never get a starting job again, or B, they get a big deal and they get a nice little bump in their price. Yeah, or or C, they don't really get a they get a big deal, but they don't get a huge bump in their price because they're in a very similar situation. I.e., they re-sign with a team. Yes, but for- I still think a contract that's guaranteeing guaranteed money, further starting jobs in the NFL, that's huge in the Mojo market. So oh, maybe yeah, for sure. any contract that's long term is going to give you a little bit of a boost. Yeah, and uh, we're going to start right off the rip with. One of the guys we've been focusing on for the entire year, and that's Geno Smith, because what better story of Geno Smith's emergence or reemergence into the NFL? Now, look, he's had himself a, a long storied career. He was forgotten about. He was a career backup going into this year, competing for the position with Drew Locke after Russ Wilson was shipped out of town, right? So, Geno Smith has absolutely done a phenomenal job on the season. He's about to hit 2,200 yards in nine games and 15 touchdowns or just four interceptions. He's got a 73% completion percentage. That's incredible. He's having himself a year. And the biggest thing to me right now is that he's winning. There's relative football being played in Seattle. Now, Chris, the question is, like you just said before, the, the market share price, clearly $24. He's right now in between two backups, Teddy Bridgewater, Mitch Trubisky. Little disrespectful, in my opinion, because look, they haven't again. The jump can't be so significant unless you want to use a multiplier in which you offer 10, 10 times on Geno. But I ask you this is he going to wind up in the same situation? Or is Seattle going to lock him up? I went on record and said this guy's the future quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks. Do you believe in that? I mean, I, I think define future. Do they have him locked up for the next four five years? years? Four I would years, say yeah. that Geno gets a three year deal or a very Kirk Cousins esque deal where it's not too long term, but they're going to guarantee him a decent amount of money because where he's at in his career, he's a, he's a wily vet at this point. It's not like Gino's some young guy, but you see what happens when you stick around in the league for a long time and you have the skill set, and then now it really just comes down to breaking down defenses. And he wears the wristband, so there's a plus there because if you saw the the news that Pete Carroll came out and said, you know, things have picked up this season with the offense where they're a lot faster because there was resistance to wearing the wristband before. And obviously he was taking a shot at Russ. 
And ah. Russ, Russ did fire back. He said, well, I want a ton of games over there with no wristband. Yeah, you did. But. And then he got traded. <laughs> then he got traded. <laughs> so. so long story short, yeah, I do believe Geno re-signs with Seattle. I don't think they're going to franchise tag him. I think he's worth a little bit more than that, or not worth that, for that matter, because the quarterback franchise tag is probably going to be st- It's projected steep. to be $31 million yeah, next so year. Yeah, so no, they're not going to tag Geno. <laughs> and I don't even know if you're taggable on your, like, your third or fourth deal. Right, Gino's been in the I, league for a while. I don't while. know if that's a player-by-player player basis. I think that's just a, a thing that the, a team is able to do. You could slap a franchise tag on anybody. So you sign a one-year deal with the team, and then you're in your walk year. You're allowed to sign. You're allowed to franchise. I don't think so. I don't know. That's interesting. That's a good question. We should, we should we'll ask the, uh, the masses. The yeah. <laughs> that one's very interesting. But if you look at his um, his career or last year um, over here, um, he's obviously up fifty four percent. And again, if this was around last year when Geno Smith was still hovering in the league, if you decided to use the ten time multiplier, you'd be up. A whole lot of money right now on Geno Smith. Now, the course of the year, he's he, I think he's gained about $9 in value. So that's pretty crazy. The future value, however, scary, um, $11. So now you have to ask yourself, does the market think that he's going to be it does. the guy? It yeah, does. It okay. does because, like I was saying, he's not the youngest guy. And if you look at some of the other quarterbacks that we've mentioned over the last couple of days, if you look at the around what he would probably bank per season it's probably in the similar to the ryan Tannehill range maybe a little bit more if he's playing this way but you have to assume there's going to be a little bit of regression as defenses pick up what the seattle seahawks are doing but yeah it looks like they agree that he's going to get a contract gino's a starter in this league for the foreseeable future i just don't know how long term that is with all the talent coming in and i'm not sure what dollar amount they're going to give him but it's going to be the seahawks they have receivers i think dk is locked up Lock it, not yet, I don't think, but I think that there's going to be some money to pay him because Gino's not going to demand this massive deal, and that allows you to really kind of disperse the money. And we'll talk about your boy in a second and why I don't know the Cowboys will re-sign him. All right, well, he's just so you know, Gino Smith up 21% in the last month. Again, he could be up 210% if you used a 10-time multiplier on him. So if you're interested in Gino Smith, now's the time. And I also think that based on where he is, if you're uh, looking at the guys that are around him... He's 38th overall. He's not with, even like with, in the top with, 32 With Teddy right Bridgewater now. and Mr. Bisky, it's like that's exactly where he should be considering that he hasn't started in this league and he's been in... You know, he's been a star. So he's going to jump a couple spots. I would say that. Within the next couple months. Yeah, over okay. the next, maybe this season, he's going to get some playoff burn. Within this year. Sticking with the quarterbacks, why not? Because as we've been doing all week, but one on the local front that everybody's going to be talking about in just a couple months when the Giants season comes to a crashing stop. I'm kidding. I don't know what the Giants are going to do. But Daniel Jones is the topic of conversation because of the fact that Danny Dimes is winning football games over there. Again, the numbers, uh, they, they're they okay. Um, this year, he's thrown for just 1,400 yards, six touchdowns, two interceptions. Nothing crazy. He's on the ground for 363 yards, so he is using his legs. Um, the... The the thing about Daniel Jones is, and when you look at a price like Daniel Jones, again, he's sitting right underneath Justin Fields and right above um, Baker Mayfield. So he's the 34th ranked quarterback on the market. He's up 4% in the last month. My biggest question is this, Chris. New regime came in there. You know, Brian Dayball, everybody loves him. Joe Shane, everybody loves him. You know, there's a whole new, whole new thing over there with New York. And they have a significant future ahead of them with a lot of young talent. When you come in as a new regime, you usually like to put your thumbprint on everything that you do. Meaning, if you inherit players and they're just not your guys, you tend to move on from them. I saw a lot of that in the Dallas secondary. When when Dan Quinn came over there, he said, all right, you're not the guy. You are. You fit my mold. You don't. 
does Daniel Jones fit the Joe Shane mold and the and the Brian Dable mold going forward to ensure that he's going to get himself another contract? Now, I think Daniel Jones has some talent. He's obviously he's way faster than people think. I just don't know that he fits the mold of what they would like. But in this league, you don't always get what you want. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they have him, he's winning, he's playing efficiently down the stretch in when I say down the stretch, I mean in late in the game. Right. Daniel Jones is playing well in the second half this season. But I env- I don't envy the position, as we're going to talk about Saquon, I'm just going to tease that now. I don't envy the position of having two of these guys on the contract years at the same time. Yeah. It would almost be better for the Giants if Daniel Jones shit the bed. Excuse my, lang- uh, excuse my language. <laughs> totally justified. Because then they could just move off of it. And I don't think Daniel Jones makes them better over the next three or four years. But because they're in the spot that they're in, they're winning some football games, it's going to be a hard sell to the fan base. Get that. To not give Daniel Jones money. I know. Um, I don't want to. I am here for much. it. I am here for it. Could I just say, could we pull up Saquon next? I don't know the order yes, of operations he is next. next. Actually. Saquon but Barkley we're just going to kind of talk about these guys. Go ahead, and pull up Saquon. Because I think Saquon gets the franchise tag now that we looked at it, and it's like eleven million it's per twelve million. Twelve for million the estimated around franchise what they're going to Yeah, I think that's probably where they're going to go with it. I do not think Saquon's going to be happy, but I think because there's a little, you know, touch and go with where the Giants have played. The, the metrics don't necessarily add up that they should be a six-win team at this point, but they are. Uh, I got to see how the season plays out on these two. If Daniel Jones doesn't play well down the stretch this season, then he could play himself out of that contract, or they could end up giving Saquon the big deal and mm-hmm. franchise tagging Daniel Jones. No, I, I had, I had now, all Daniel the... Jones is not getting tagged at 31 mil. Right? No. We could establish that no quarterback this season will get a franchise tag. Ah, uh, You would assume not. Yeah. No. I mean, unless... None. None. I mean, we we it looked would, at the quarterback list. There wasn't it, yeah plentiful. Lamar. Oof, 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 Lamar. Lamar, ah, Lamar might. We don't be even. We're not talking about Lamar. Victim because he's of the franchise. But assume. when you're talking about Barkley, now I'm looking at his last month right now. He's just down one percent. Nothing crazy on the movement, but he's back in action this week off a of bye. So I'm interested in that. He's got a five time multiplier. He's the fifth highest running back on the Mojo market right now. He's right behind Zeke. Which, by the way, Zeke's fourth now. We were talking about him three weeks ago being the top dog. <laughs> but it's, it is what it is. But Barkley's at five. And I was going to bring this up when we bring up our next running back. And I, and I kind of will. The, the new contract for a Saquon Barkley is difficult. They could save a couple million dollars with the franchise tag. So I believe that that could be the move they make. Oh, they could save a lot more than a couple million. Well, because he's looking well, at. Well, I'll, I'll let you know. Like the new high right now, and I was going to say this about our next guy, but our, the new high right now is on the average yearly is Josh J I'm, I'm sorry well that's the next guy I was going to talk about is um Christian McCaffrey at 16 Zeke at 15 but then you look at the ranges and you got like Aaron Jones making 12 Chubb making 12 so like it these guys are going to have if they get a new deal they're going to have to fall in between those in that number I, I don't know if they reset the I, market I don't think Saquon's going to reset the market because there is that two two season stretch where he really didn't see the field no so that could end up being better for the future because he didn't have the wear and tear. But an injury is an injury, and when your lower half gets hurt and you're a running back, that's not a good thing for the future. Not at all. Uh, take a look at Barkley's uh, future value, actually. What I, they're predicting him right now or projecting him right now is 11.23 future value. And again, over the last year, he's up 34%. So everybody saw healthy Saquon bust onto the scene, you know, and and, and I think that when he's healthy, he is one of the most dynamic yeah. running backs out there. I think it's safe to say that Saquon is not going to leave the Giants, but I think it's even probably more safe to say at this point that 
he's not going to get a big deal in the offseason. He's going to get a franchise tag. There's going to be a little bit of uh, anger out of the Saquon camp. That's what my prediction is. I'm not saying maybe they just pay him, but just looking at the way they've done things up to this point, even including like the, the James, well, even, Brad, but even James Bradbury trade was very telling as to how this organization is going to move forward. Like They're going to make the hard choice if they have to, and they're not going to care about the fan base. Paying a running back... Zeke money, mm-hmm. right? You know what that does. $90 million over the course of his contract so, year, 15 a year. All that guaranteed money. I don't think that they have a problem with a dollar amount paying him $15 million a year, but I think that they're going to have a problem paying him that much over a four-year stretch. But imagine being the agent. Like, what's your... What's your grounds to demand that money? Like, oh, I want that. Like, why? Because 2022 was a good also, year? Also, you got to see what the Raiders are going to do with Jacobs. Because Move on. Become, yeah, let's that, go. That, let's go to that Jacobs also here. makes things like the market needs to be set. If, if these guys actually do both hit free agency, I think it kind of takes a little bit of shine away from the first one that signs. The second one that signs might get a bigger it's deal. It's a trickle-down effect. Because there's 100%. You know, only one left. Right. We'll Josh Jacobs right now has a five-time multiplier available. He's up 10% the last month. He's over 8% in the last year. Um, this guy's getting a contract. It's just a matter of where. And by all signs of what's been happening with the Raiders, trading pieces away, but then also spending money on their defensive side, acquiring guys like Devontae Adams, they're going to put themselves in a very, very financial like bugaboo. I don't right think now. that they. I don't think it's realistic to bring Jacobs. They back. can't. They can't. And that's why I think this one's one of the more interesting ones because again, this season he's killing it. Seven hundred forty-three yards. He's seen pay dirt six times. He's catching the balls out of the backfield. Not a lot of not a lot of yardage out of that, but he's he's a threat, right? But like Josh Jacobs right now with the price that he's at, which again is insane to me because he's ranked behind Joe Mixon and right above a guy that we're going to talk about in a little bit, Kareem Hunt. So I'm looking at a Josh Jacobs as a potential guy that because of his age, because of the year he's had, he's going to cash in. I think like not as so much a reset of the market type deal, but Jacobs might be the first guy to sign and then everybody follows suit. That's what I think. If he stays on the way he's doing it right now, the Raiders are dead in the water as far as like a season is concerned. So that's where it makes me like kind of timid because it's like, all right, if he knows he's on his way out, how much it, like he already knows he's probably earned a decent amount of chunk of change yeah. going forward. How hard does he run going forward? You know I what mean, I'm saying? I think he has to as prove, a risk proving that you could stay healthy throughout the course of the year. Yeah. But if you're signing this guy and he has a little nick and a bruise, I want him to sit. <laughs> you know, like I don't want him to play at all this season. Uh, It'll be about, telling the ra- the Raiders when, are going to use him. Yeah. You like know what I'm saying? Sabathia, the the Brewers but, pitched him right. Every third right day, out of, eight, dude, uh, 180 pitches And a game. back in that day, which is way back when, when pitchers were men, <laughs> and, so, and they actually pitched eight, nine so innings. So the usage for Jacobs down the stretch is important for me. Um, the second thing that's important for me is, are they going to be willing to franchise tag him? Because, I again, I don't think that they're going to give him a long-term no. deal because you just can't pay your receiver $28 million like they're paying Devontae. Your quarterback. The quarterback is getting 40-plus. <laughs> And then you're adding in a running back that's going to be around 12 to 15. Per. Remember, they went nuts on Crosby on the other you side cannot, of the ball. You, it's all fine. Go nuts on that side of the ball because that's where you need it. The Raiders need defense. They need to be able to pay their offensive lineman, which has been playing well this year, I might say myself. Look at Jacobs. But they're going, they're going to need to pay other players. And when you have three guys at skill positions demanding or, or bringing in the bulk of your Top entire dollar. salary yeah. cap, it doesn't really add up for winning franchise. That's just how I'll say that. Yeah, it's, you know, and it's, the Raiders have no problem being a losing franchise. I, I mean, so. you could probably agree. I one thousand percent. There's no tag here involved on Jake. He is going to play for another team next year. I don't know, like because it's only twelve. I could see maybe a tag. 
but I, I don't. I don't. Not, I not don't. Not, and I don't see Jacobs being the kind of guy that will play on the tag. Well, so it's either pay me or get rid of me. That's I don't think there's a whole I have tag, the, transition I, I think, tags, I all these sorts of tags. I don't think that's happening. I think I'm ultimately on the player's side anytime they don't want to play on the tag. But I also think ultimately the players in the current structure of the way things are, they have no leverage, and they ultimately all do play on the tag. Ultimately, they all do. It's just because like nobody wants to go without a, a paycheck. At push comes to shove, money talks. Twelve million is twelve million. Twelve million is twelve million. A guy that won't be seeing twelve million next year, but a very interesting story uh, is an Alexander Madison. Now I know he's been the Robin to the Batman of Dalvin Cook over in Minnesota, right? And his value is super, super low because of the fact that, like, A, there's not a lot of volume. There's not a lot of – but when this guy goes in, he becomes like a RB1 right off the – like, I don't have any trepidation of – like, on a fantasy type thing. I don't have any trepidation of starting in Alexander Madison. Does that translate into the mojo market? Because right now, he's the 43rd ranked running back on the mojo market. He's above the Gus bus, Right. Is he good enough to be an RB1? Because I don't know if there's going to be any teams that, let's just say, let's just say a Raiders, for instance. Let's just say they they let him let, let Jacobs walk out the door. When you look at an Alexander Madison, is that the kind of guy that you could just say, like, there's our RB1. He can do it. Like, is that the guy? I mean, look, there's tread on the tires. Not a lot, but there is. He's not a rookie. I mean, there's he's 54 not rookies much, coming in next year. He's not getting much burn this year, which I guess is a good thing entering and, free and, agency. And Cook's been hurt. I think people know around football what Madison's bringing to the table, and I would say that he is capable of being a starting back in the league. I don't know how he could withstand a full season of RB1 carries because we've not to, we've yet to see that, but I think he could probably handle that load for at least the time being. I just don't know... Because of the amount of running backs that are available, we're looking at some of the running backs that are coming into the league and like a Charbonnet, a B. John Robinson. These guys are going to be the Kenneth Walkers, the, the Brees Halls of the world next season. So as we get an influx of maybe three, four, five backs that are startable and you're looking at a second contract for a guy that's probably, I mean, I think he's an established vet, but you might be able to get somebody in the third round at running back and pay him third round running back money and not have to give this guy uh, Jamal Williams-esque type deal. What you see out of a lot of backups when they go somewhere else is not that they're not good enough to start. It's just that they're good in their role and there's a ton of backs in the league. So this guy's used for that. This guy's used for that. You you might see a very similar situation where he might get an increase in usage, but he's probably not going to be an RB1 next year. I would say Jamal Williams is my best comparison, comparison to okay. Alexander Bring Madison. up his, uh, 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 whatchamacallit, his future right here because the, this doesn't really, you know, it doesn't project him to be RB1 next year. You know what I'm saying? They're kind of thinking that this guy might fall off the face of the earth. And within the last year, he's up 9%. But again, in spurts, the guy does perform. I just don't know if... I want to do a math the, equation. I, I don't sure, know. math I might, on a Thursday. I might push back on that a little bit. All right. What is his, what is his uh, career value up to this point? His career? Yeah, what does he bank? Oh, uh, he's banked uh, $3.24. And his... Future market is four dollars and twenty five cents. If if you think he's an RB one, then you go long on a Madison because he's going to exceed this. I think like what they're what the market shows is exactly the conversation we're having right now. It's like uh, I don't know, but I don't know not if that makes sense. And you know what's sitting there at seven dollars and forty nine cents? I believe that's what he was. Bring back the other one. Yeah, yeah, seven dollars forty nine cents. 
I'm, not, I'm taking a chance. I'm taking a flyer. I'm taking a flyer. I'm literally, when I tell you guys, every single player that we're talking about right now, I'm either going short or long. I'm all seven of them. I'm putting some kind of money somewhere because I want to see what the new contract does for a guy. Just as for, for me, for market research, to not do it anymore or to just continue to do that kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to just continue to waste a roster spot on Alexander Madison in hopes that <laughs> Dalvin Cook gets hurt. But, no, I'm not going to invest in Madison. But I'm also not going to go short because there's just not – there's. There's a lot of confusion for me as to what's going to happen with him going forward. I don't think he's going to get a massive deal. I think you might see Madison sign on with somebody and be like just an added bonus. Like he could be a chief by next season. Like a Chase Edmonds or any you know, of those guys. He's gonna add, they're going to put him in a situation like he's going to be a dolphin. Watch. <laughs> Every running back in the world 56 goes to running backs on the roster. Uh, speaking of a, a running back that might get paid a little bit, uh, Tony Pollard. I think he's earned it. I think he's showing that he's... That splash change of pace back, he reminds me of an Alvin Kamara where I feel like he's built to not run in between the tackles unless that hole is gaping, okay? Um, outside runs, sweeps, jet sweeps, screens out of the backfield. This dude is electric. He's fast as all hell. But when I look at him, um, he's up 20% in the year, mostly because of the usage, meaning like last year, the big bugaboo around Cowboys Nation was we don't know how to use a Tony Pollard. You know, like we had, we got Zeke. Well, we got Pollard. What do we do with him? We're getting him on the field more. And it never happened. But funny. this year, this year, he's on the field more. Why? Zeke, once again, hyper extends the knee. He's banged up, limited in practice yesterday, as a matter of fact. So does Pollard get the full load against Green Bay? I don't know. But when you look at this guy long term, Zeke makes $15 million a year. This guy's going to hover, I think in the nine to 10 to $11 million a year worth, you cannot pay 26, $27 million to your running back tandem. What's going to happen here with what's your opinion? I already know what's going to happen, but what's going to happen here? I, I don't actually know, but I, I, I think Dave, idea. what Dave hopes is that Zeke restructures <laughs> takes less money and they give that That's money exactly to Tony Pollard. What's going to happen. They're sitting in the running back room and he's like, yo, he's like, can I get like eight of that million? And Zeke is like, absolutely not, dude. Tony Pollard is going to get paid. I hate to break it to Dave, but it's not going to be the Cowboys. The minute this guy hits oh, really? free agency. You think he's gone? I think he's gone. I think the minute he hits free agency, he's going to start getting offers, and he's going to start getting out. Uh, teams are going to start talking to him like, hey, we'll bring you in to do this. And they'll probably be lying. They'll just use him in the same role the Cowboys did. The but, Dolphins. <laughs> but I can promise. Like, yeah, the Dolphins are coming. So I can promise you that. As you said, like two years ago or last season, that the Cowboys offensive coordinator, the whole bugaboo was they didn't know how to use him. Well, there's tons of coordinators around football that know exactly how to use Tony Pollard, and they're going to be offering their services or their money to get his services. I believe Tony Pollard's out just about where he ends up. I like the player a lot. He does a lot of things well. Um, yeah, so I'm, I, I agree. I see it in big, bold letters in Dave's notes. Go long on Tony P. I agree. I'm going to go long on Tony P. <laughs> Actually, I, didn't, I don't ever usually put my opinions on these uh, rundowns, but I guess I did on this one. Thanks, I was buddy. I was very excited about this one. But right now, he's right below Kenneth Walker, right? And, and he's right above DeAndre Swift. So he's in that realm of starting running backs, and he's not technically a starting running back yet. So if you want to go long, bring up his... Um, his like the future of him is actually relatively nice. It's it's seven dollars and forty seven cents future value. He's only banked four dollars and sixty eight cents, which again See, he, he's know. only got splash plays here. But over the last scares year, a bit. he's up almost twenty percent. It scares you a little a bit. A little bit, yeah. Okay. How old is he? He is only what in year? his fourth year. Mm. Scares me a little bit. And because he he's does, not a first he, round pick, there's no fifth round option. He my criteria of a guy that doesn't play every play and he get, catches the ball out of the backfield. So that is my criteria for running backs. I love these types. 
and I do think he could last four or five more years. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna stick with my with my guns here, and I'm gonna go long on Tony Pollard. One more guy uh, before we get into Thursday night football, Kareem Hunt. We've talked about Hunt at length because of the trade deadline, because of just his role over there. His usage is definitely down. Nick Chubb, it's almost like this is detrimental to Hunt's market value because Nick Chubb is just Nick Chubb, and he's just one of the better running backs in football right now, um, if not the best running back in football right now. So it's like you got Kareem Hunt now, who's definitely – nobody wanted to trade for Kareem Hunt. So he's going to see the open market, you would assume. But what kind of money does that guy guarantee? You know what I mean? Like, what kind of, what does he ask for? Is he is? I'll ask you straight up, and we can't spend too much more time on this. But Kareem Hunt, does he demand Tony Pollard money? You know what I'm trying I mean, to say Kareem, when I say that? Like, yeah, I think Kareem Hunt might think he deserves more money. NFL executives are not going to give it to him. He's going to get around the same money as Tony Pollard. Yes, he's won a rushing title in the league before. If he didn't have the hiccup with the Chiefs, like God knows where his career would be at this, this point. This is very true. Um, no teams wanted to trade for him. I think that's a stretch. I think that the Browns were a little skittish on their willingness to trade him because they got uh, Watson. I thought back they were offered a second, but that, I could be wrong. They were offered a second. I thought they were. Maybe no, I'm I, wrong. I heard that they were offered a fourth and they turned it down. But I thought, I that, don't was, know. I thought that was the asking price. I, was a fourth. So if the asking price was a fourth and they turned down a second. So I'm wrong. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. Sense. But I think that's the whole thing here is that nobody understood what was happening with Kareem Hunt. I think that the only thing I'll guarantee is that he's not a Brown next year. There's no, no doubt in my not. mind. He's going to try and sign to be a starter next year. And it might actually be that if if the Raiders lose out or the Giants lose out on both of their guys and they don't, this could be a cheaper alternative to bring in and start and get very similar production. I wouldn't say Saquon-like, but similar. All right. Well, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? We have a game tonight, and we have a, um, a Week 10 beginning, and it is a game between the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons. Now, uh, I would ask Chris's opinion on any plays tonight, but if, if he does give you that opinion, make sure you just go the opposite way. A couple storylines to take, uh, take advantage of today is who's throwing the ball for the Panthers. We saw Sam Darnold was activated um, off the, the injury reserve. We also saw Little Baker Mayfield. We saw P.J. Walker. I don't know what the heck those guys are doing over there. Panthers is a complete lost, miserable season. Again, they won a game by accident a couple weeks ago. So going forward, I don't believe in this team or anybody on this team right now. I mean, I guess if you really wanted to see, if you really wanted to see, um, which I'm call, if you really wanted to see, I'm losing my train of thought here. Uh, oh, if you really wanted to see who to invest in, I would take a look at a foreman. I would take a look at Terrence Marshall, who's up on the mojo market right now. Those are the guys. DJ Moore, I don't know because, again, trade victim. Don't know really what's what's the deal with him or what's supposed to be a trade victim. I don't know. Uh, as far as Carolina, is anybody keep an eye on tonight? Yeah, I would say Chuba Hubbard is back. And okay. I think that's going to maybe take a little bit of the shine off of a Dante Foreman. Chuba Hubbard. That's true. He's shown over the last couple of seasons that he's a viable candidate to fill in and do well in a, in a spot start. And now he's not asked to spot start. I think they're just going to be sharing the load in this one and i'm in on foreman to a degree but i think that the presence of, of hubbard really puts me skittish on that one i like chuba hubbard over the, over foreman even though we saw what we saw out of foreman a couple weeks ago i've just done a little more research and and he's more of the breakaway guy atlanta has some openings on their defensive side because they can't stop the run they can't really stop anything mm. but i don't ex i don't anticipate anybody being able to throw the ball all over the field on the carolina offense I would say DJ Moore because that's the obvious one here. They have no corners in Atlanta right now. Casey Hayward's 120. AJ Terrell? He's out. 
Ah, right. So no, yeah, and while he was playing bad anyway, so it yeah, wasn't like true. he was he was living um, up to the hype. Can we that he finally had like I, I know Luke Sawhook on Twitter does this a lot, but like he puts like these prayer candles with like somebody in the middle, like kind of like summon like summon the, the the a good performance out of somebody. Can we do that today, Luke, for one Kyle Pitts? Can we get a primetime Kyle Pitts performance of a lifetime tonight? Kyle Pitts has been doing well the last I'm talking couple I'm weeks. talking get in the end zone. I'm talking uh, 10 grabs for over 100. I'm talking just be the guy tonight in prime time, Kyle Pitts. I may or may not have traded for him in fantasy, <laughs> but I'm saying it's time. Kyle Pitts, it's time, brother. Do the damn thing. Okay, get it done. Um, that's Thursday Night Football tonight. It'll be interested to see who comes out of this one. I, I'm going to assume Atlanta plays a little harder. Uh, I know this game's in Carolina. Falcons are the only team in football that have two or more touchdowns in every single game this season. Well, they're going to get a bunch of tonight. It's going to be Kyle Pitts. That's the one. Go for it. They got um, their full complement of running backs back in the stable. Cordell Patterson, Patterson, you got Algier, Algier you got uh, Huntley. Oh uh, yeah, Kaleeb Huntley's been doing very his good thing. Too. That offense is starting to click a little bit. It's a shame that the defense is not playing well because like if I they win, be they'll be five and five. Atlanta. Yeah, you know, like the, the Falcons, the team that I, I predicted in the beginning of the year to win two games. Are already... and a lot of people are kind of thinking that they got robbed against Tampa in that one as well. Correct. So we'll see. Uh, you could do us a favor. Head on over to all the socials. Follow us right now. Uh, you can do that for Mojo. You can go to the Twitter, the Instagram, and TikTok at Mojo. And, of course, join the Discord. That's a lot of conversation, fun conversation throughout the course of these games, live, all week long. People are sharing their portfolios, telling you who they're going long on, short on, all that stuff. Be sure to follow us. Head on over to Mojo.com for all the links there. They're on the bottom of the page. And also... The incredible writing from the bloggers over there and the writers on Mojo.com. A lot of information that we're getting every single day is because of those guys. So keep up the good work over there. And, of course, enjoy the football. So for Dave Sturchio, Chris Gucci, this has been another episode of the Mojo Market Report. We're on to week number 10 tomorrow. Full slate of games. We've got a lot of decisions to make with our markets and our portfolios. Let's get it done. See you guys tomorrow.